Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're in a series entitled Timeless Love. And the gist of this series is how to make love uh, the thing that God wants it to be. And that is timeless, where each one of our lives is filled with love, joy, and peace. uh, And we're healing from rejection. We're healing from wounds in this season. We're healing from the past uh, in this series. Uh, We're going to learn God's principles for love in our homes. And I am super excited to share this with you. Uh, So we've got some fun things coming up. Every week we will have special music at both of our locations. We're excited about that. We've got Levi Lusco the third week of February. We're excited about that. Next week is Valentine's Day, in case you didn't know that. Uh, Make sure if you are in a relationship with someone that you know that. Uh, But next week is Valentine's Day, and so we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day in a special way here at Word of Life. You don't want to miss that. So lots of fun things going on in this series, but let me say we are glad that you are here. Now, at our Lakeland campus, we now have not just our 10 o'clock service, but an 1130 service, and one of the big things, and we're excited about that. Can we give it up here at Lakeland for that? That's that's awesome. We're seeing our church grow again and people coming back to church, but this is important for everyone at the 10 o'clock service. If you can help us by making room, when people come back, they're going to come back to the 10 o'clock service, which means with each week, we need more and more people out of the 10 o'clock service going to the 1130 service, Uh, especially while we're still in the age of social distancing. uh, When the sanctuary fills up and and we're setting people uh, close to each other, we choose not to do that. Instead, send them to an overflow room, and we don't want to have to do that. And the only way not to do that is for those of you who come to the 10 o'clock service to go to the 1130 service. So next week, uh, if you have it on your heart to help us in this area here at our Lakeland campus, if you can make that switch from this service to the service coming after this one, the 1130 service, that would be a huge win for us. And I know at both campuses uh, that we can do this. Can we give it up for all of our volunteers who help make these services possible? Absolutely amazing for our ushers and our greeters and our kids' life workers and our children's church workers and our youth workers. Many of them right now are working both services so that you guys can have church in here. And if you could help us out at both campuses by joining our serve team or maybe rejoining our serve teams in this season to help uh, spread the workload around, that would be a huge win for us as a church as well. Uh, When I began to write this first message for this series, I had one written, and it was written out of a book I was reading that was so good and had all of these principles in it. But as the week went on this week, the more I felt like I was to go in a complete opposite direction uh, and to talk about some things that I had no idea I would be talking about. And I really enjoyed the first service at our 8.30 service at the Highland Colony Church. I was there preaching this live there. Uh, And I just sense like the Holy Spirit's going to tie some things together in our hearts and do a work uh, in each one of us. And so I just want to ask you to open up your heart to the, the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, one of the big things that I want is simply for my life to be used as a conduit uh, that when I talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. And so what I would just simply ask today is that you open up your heart uh, and you just say, speak, Lord. Your, your son, your daughter is listening because I genuinely believe that what God is having me share is going to be something that, that helps and, and touches your heart. Uh, so this week, I uh, came across an individual uh, who I get to see a good bit, uh, but not near enough, and we started sharing stories, and he told one that happened in both of our lives collectively, and this whole week, I could not get away from this story. Um, there was a, a gentleman back in, I guess it was around 2008, 2009, who was going through an extremely rough season of life. And if you've lived long enough, chances are you've gone through a rough season of life. But what made this season so rough for him is his wife had made a decision to leave him. And I heard about this individual. I had never met him before. But I heard that he was coming in town with this businessman that I knew. And uh, the businessman was telling me his story. This was a relative of his. Uh, he was very much wounded by this, and he was praying for some type of God encounter in his life. Well, he came in town, and as soon as I saw him, without even hearing his story from him, I could see the pain in his face. And we do our best as humans to hide our pain. In fact, most oftentimes when people come into church, uh, they begin to wear masks, um, and want to shield or shy away from the pain they're actually feeling where we don't get to see it. And we're fine and we're blessed and highly favored and, and, you know, these types of things, which is good, and it's good to have a good confession. But a lot of times we're not fine, we're not okay, and we're wounded. And unfortunately, for many of us, we're wounded relationally, where we have been rejected by someone where someone who has been close to us has hurt us or wounded us, someone uh, who was in our life maybe has made the decision to walk out of our lives, someone who we thought would love us has chosen not to love us or even worse, to hurt us, and we get wounded. And as a pastor, a lot of times you can see through the mask because the eyes are the windows of the soul, and so they're showing you one thing with their flesh, but their eyes are showing you something entirely different. And in his eyes, I could see his pain. I could see his, his wound, the wound of rejection, of wanting love, but having someone not love you back. And I, I'm seeing this play out. And this was at a Wednesday night service. At this time in our church, we were doing Wednesday night every night. And on this Wednesday night when he came in, I just so happened to bring in a guest speaker who was also a prophet. Uh, now, prophets have not disappeared. How many of you know God has given gifts unto men? And one of those gifts that he has given us is the prophetic ministry combined with pastors and teachers and apostles and all of these kinds of things. And uh, I always enjoy the ministry of a, a true prophet. Uh, there's something extravagant there, and there's something liberal uh, that's oftentimes very bold and, you know, those kinds of things. And this particular individual was no different. Now, he happens to come in with the businessman, the guy who was wounded, 
on the very night this guy was in town, the prophet was in town. And so it was so funny because the guy who was wounded was already nervous coming into church, and maybe some of you today were nervous kind of coming into church. Uh, he was already nervous coming into church, and to, to make things worse, I probably didn't help. I invited them to eat lo- uh, dinner with me and the guest speaker, and it was just going to be me and the, the guest speaker and these two individuals. And for dinner that night, uh, I had served uh, P.F. Chang's, because this was the, my, the ministers that I brought in. His favorite food was Chinese, so we had catered in P.F. Chang's, and for dinner, we were having coconut cake. Uh, well, it just so happens that there's two things that this guy who was wounded did not eat, and that was Chinese and coconut. Uh, so the night was already going, like in a, a very different direction. Uh, so we're having dinner, and the, the guy is pushing around his food, like not eating, you know, trying to like wipe the sauce off his fried chicken where he can just eat it plain, uh, and all of these types of things. And right in the middle of the meal, the guest speaker sets down his fork, looks at this guy, and says the following, do you know what it's like to have a wife leave you? And I'm sitting there at this table speechless. One, because of the accuracy of the word of wisdom, or in this case, the word of knowledge, The word of wisdom knows something that's happened in the past or the present. The word of wisdom sees something that will happen in the future. Uh, And so I'm I'm shocked by the accuracy of the, the word of knowledge, but I'm also shocked by his boldness to bring this up right in the middle of dinner. Like, so awkward. And the guest speaker picks up uh, his fork, eats a piece of chicken, chews, it's dead silent at the table, puts his fork back down, looks at the man, and says, I do. And I'd forgotten all about this. This speaker had been in ministry for a number of years and had gotten married at a very young age, and at the time when he had gotten married, had not shown interest in ministry, and honestly was not living overly close to the Lord. And when he got saved and and had this encounter with Jesus, he made a decision to sell out to the high calling on his life, which for him was ministry. But his wife never kind of felt that and wasn't quite locked in with him. And so she made a decision to leave him. Now, when these things happen, they always hurt. But for him, he processed this on a very deep level because, one, he's in ministry. So you're thinking, well, if I'm in ministry and my wife leaves me, what's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to uh, the people there? How will they listen to me? How will they respond to me? How will they respect me? Will they think I did something wrong? So you're processing all of that through that lens, but also this man had a wound from childhood because uh, his mom got pregnant with him out of wedlock, and his father did not want him and wanted his, his, um, the lady he was dating, who was this minister's mom, to have an abortion, and so she was, he took her, he was in the car with her, he, he took her to Mexico 
and she was going to abort this baby. And while she's on the way, an angel appears to her. Isn't that something? And tells her, don't do it. That baby has a call on his life. Now, she never told him that. But years later, he was in a bar drinking. This minister was. He wasn't a minister at the time. <laughs> Clarity is key. He was at a bar drinking. And the Lord showed him a vision and showed him that moment. His mom never told him. Showed him that moment and said, you're living off track. You're running away from the call I've given you. Your mother was actually on the way to abort you. But I sent an angel to stop her because you have a call on your life. And you're running from it. You're going to be a minister. And then the vision ended. He got so excited, he told the bartender, give everybody in here a round. I'm going to be a priest. And they all drank and got excited, patted him on the back. He's going to be a priest. Well, he went later and found his mom and told her what he had seen at that, that bar. She started crying. She said, I never told anybody that but your, your father. He said, is it true? She said, every bit of it. Well, he had a wound from that, and it was already a wound of rejection because his father was not in his life. So you grow up without a daddy, and you're always wondering if you'd be loved and always wondering if you could love and be a father and be a husband because you never saw a husband. You never saw a father. So he's already wounded by that wound of rejection. He's already hurt. And a lot of times we're hurt and we're bleeding out and we don't know what's wrong. But we're losing life. Life is leaking. And what made the wound worse was when his, his wife left him. It was like this other wound of rejection and here it's like, can can I do this? Like, can I do love? Am I lovable? Am I just dysfunctional? Wounded. I'd forgotten all about this man's story because his life, when he's telling the story at this table, was so doggone beautiful. Now, when I say beautiful, I don't mean perfect because there is no such thing as a perfect life. I don't care what you see on Instagram or how they filter it. There is no such thing as a perfect life. There is no such thing as a perfect ministry. There is no such thing as a perfect marriage because all of us are humans and humans are the ones creating lives and marriages and all of us are in desperate need of a savior, which means none of us is perfect. I thought I was perfect and then I got married and found out I wasn't. I'm kidding. But when he's telling this story, his life had been so restored, redeemed, which is what Jesus does. Jesus will restore you. He will redeem you. Jesus will make your life beautiful. I don't care how broken it is right now. Jesus can make your life beautiful. I don't care how broken the marriage is. Jesus can make it beautiful. I don't care how broken the relationship with the child is. Jesus can make it beautiful. I don't care how broken your relationship with yourself is. Jesus can make it beautiful. 
And he did for this man. Beautiful marriage. Beautiful. His wife was Miss Oklahoma. Had two sons. Beautiful family. And here he is in his whole state talking about his broken state to a broken man. And every word of it is ministering by the Holy Spirit right to this man. I mean every single word of it. And he said, you know how I got healed from all that? He said, how? He said, praying in the Holy Spirit. He said, I got over into a season where I got so broken, I just decided to yield to God. What a good idea. Isn't it funny how sometimes we wait to get so broken before we yield? Like the prodigal son, hit rock bottom, then come to ourselves. Maybe I should go to God. What if we could start there? He said, I got so broken, I just gave myself over to God. And he said, I began to pray, and 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 I began to pray. And he said, God came in and made my life beautiful, which is what the Holy Spirit does. He makes things beautiful. It's amazing how many people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. It's so funny. People think that, that, you know, at Holy Spirit churches, you're either going to wear no makeup or too much. It's amazing how. (laughs) It's amazing how the devil has worked so hard to attack it. But did you know that the Holy Spirit doesn't take people out of control? You see some of these things. Nowhere in Scripture does the Holy Spirit make anything ugly, make anything wild, make anything out of control. The first time you see the Holy Spirit is in the book of Genesis. Everything is wild. It's chaotic. It's dark. It's depressing. Darkness is hovering all over earth, all over creation. And then the Holy Spirit comes hovering. And God begins to speak. And as God begins to speak, the Holy Spirit begins to move. And instead of making more chaos, he brings order. He brings life. He brings beauty. He, God begins to speak. The Holy Spirit begins to move. It begins to create boundaries and says, no, you're not coming any further water. And the water begins to stop. And the land keeps going. And he says, no, land, you're not coming any further. And the sun and the moon and all these things begin to be created through the power of the Holy Spirit, making something beautiful, taking chaos and making it beautiful. And oftentimes when it comes to marriage and all these other types of things, we want five steps for this and four steps for this and let me pick up this book with four more steps and this book with five more and this magazine article that tells us how to improve our relationships and all of these kinds of things. And it's good. We need natural wisdom. But I'll tell you what we need even more than natural wisdom is God right in the center of our homes. As for us and our houses, we will serve the Lord Jesus that we will have families that are born of the Spirit. So he asked this man at the table, he said, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, well, I don't know. He said, well, do you speak in tongues? He said, no, sir, I don't. He said, well, we'll cure that right now. He said, stand up. And then he looked at me and he said, Joel, stand up. He said, Joel's going to pray for you and you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm like, how did this get turned on me? I'm like, the whole time you're reading this guy's mail like the prophet you are. 
Like, why don't you stand up and lay hands on them? So, like, I'm feeling the, and me, I got carnal fast. I mean, I got in the flesh fast. I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm like, if this doesn't work, I'm going to let you down. You're a mentor in my life. I'm going to let him down. He's a baby Christian, has no idea what you're talking about, other than the fact that his wife just left him. Like, all of these guys, I'm, I'm, he's hadn't eaten his food because he hates Chinese, and that's what we gave him for dinner. All these thoughts. And I stand it up there. I mean, fearing and trembling. That's the truth. Put one, one hand on that man's chest, another one on his back, and just said, receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And I kid you not, I could cry right now talking about it. I kid you not, the most beautiful angelic, heavenly prayer language poured out of that man. He started crying. I started crying. Everybody started crying. It was just one of these moments where you could just see healing wash over a soul. Isn't that something? Out of his belly, rivers of living water beginning to flow. See, so oftentimes when we think of like a timeless love, and this series is hearkening back to like the 50s and 60s with all these television shows where you saw families and it almost looked too good to be true, and a lot of times it probably was for each and every one of them. But there was this idea going around at that time that you could have a great family, that love could be something that could be attainable. And so we chase that because in our hearts, and the reason why it's in our hearts is we're made in the image and likeness of God, and what God wanted from day one was family. God had everything. He, he had everything. Streets paved with gold. One gate made out of a, of a pearl. He had everything. But he wanted a family, someone to share it with. So family is in the heart of man because family was in the heart of God, and when God made man, he made man in his own image and likeness. So family is in us. You, you read scripture and you see all the genealogies, so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so. That's not the stuff to skip over. What that's trying to show you is God's a God of families. He's a God of families, and what God wants for us is a loving family. And families that are filled, that are beautiful, not perfect, there's no such thing, but beautiful, strong, life-giving, vibrant. Our heart craves it. It longs for it. It wants to find it. It's why we, we love love music. It's why we love those songs. It's why we love love stories and poems and movies and all of those types of things because our heart craves love. Our heart craves to give it, and our heart craves to receive it. A mother's heart craves to be loved by her children. A child's heart craves to be longed by its father. Craves it. At the core of a wife, she longs to be noticed by her husband. To be loved by him. Held by him. She longs for it. At the heart of a man... He loves to be seen and to have a woman in his life who thinks he can be a good man. 
to be found pleasing, strong. It's in him. God put it there. And so out of that, Satan knows that, so he attacks it like crazy. Gives us complexes. Fathers neglecting children. Then get so filled with shame that they've done the neglecting that even when they feel like they should go back, they don't because they think it's too late. And the wound gets deeper. People who think they've gone through so many dysfunctional relationships that now there is no such thing as love, so they just give up on the idea of it don't even pursue it, or even let their heart get excited about the potential of it anymore. And then all the while, try to do the complete opposite of God, and instead of chasing family and getting that right, they chase the stuff. And God's like, you were born out of the stuff. You're a king's child. I'll give you the whole kingdom. I'll give you a garden. Name it Eden. Everything will produce like it needs to produce in a walk with me. But what your heart craves is not the production. What your heart craves is someone to enjoy it with. Why? You're made in my image and my likeness. But here's the thing. All of those things are born of God. Love is born of God. Family is born out of God. Marriage was God's idea. A husband was God's, uh, God's idea. A wife was God's idea. Children were God's ideas. Grandparents were God's. It was born of the Spirit. And what was born of the Spirit, it must be sustained by the Spirit. And so oftentimes we won't love because we have this heart need in our life that we, we go out like Abraham and Sarah, and in our frustration of wanting it right now, we, we do it with the flesh, and we go the arm of the flesh, and we go the way of the flesh, and we go the, 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 the path of the flesh, and we do dating just like the world, and we do marriage just like the world, and we read the same articles the world is reading, and we go about doing love, marriage, and family this way through our Facebook, Instagram culture, and then we get the same results as the world, where our divorce rate, speaking of the church in general, our divorce rate is the same as the world's. Well, we're using the same wisdom. We're giving birth to Ishmael after Ishmael after Ishmael after Ishmael, trying to do everything by the arm of the flesh. And God says what is born of the flesh must be sustained by the flesh, and that's why you're worn out, is you keep trying to do it the world's way. He's like, if you would get rid of Ishmael, if you would get rid of Ishmael and yield over to the Spirit, you'd produce an Isaac. And what is born of the Spirit will minister to your spirit. What was born of the Spirit will fill your home. But we've got to have it born of the Spirit. I, I know when I started pastoring, I started preaching when I was 18. My father passed away when I was 17. I know wounds. If you're here today wounded, I know wounds. My father passed away when I was 17. I started preaching at 18. I became the pastor of this church at 19, and out of that, I did not know how in the world I would ever find someone to date, because the dating pool I was in was the church, and out of that, 
I was smart enough not to date someone in the congregation. Like, it's like, this could just be bad. I mean, like, you break up, you know, all these types of things. You lose a church member. So, you know, <laughs> on multiple different fronts, I'm like, that's not going to happen. Uh, but I'm pastor and single and all those types of things. I have no idea how it's going to work. And one night, long story short, one night I'm, I'm praying and I'm walking through my house in my living room. Uh, and there was nothing in the living room. The only thing I had uh, at that time in my life was a, a bed and a desk. I didn't own a TV or anything, just a bed and a desk. Uh, and I'm walking by my, my living room, and I look over to the right, um, and I have a vision. I'm praying. I'm walking in my living room, praying. I have a vision. And over in the corner of that room, I see a Christmas tree, and it's all lit up. It's beautiful. And I see a family around it. I can't see their faces, I only see the back of their heads. Now, all this is born out of prayer. And I'm seeing this, and God spoke to my heart and said, I'm about to bring someone in your life, and I'm showing you this so that you say yes to it. If I didn't show you this, you'd say no. And the vision went away. But I felt, here's the thing, and this is oftentimes what I don't communicate when I tell this story is I felt so much warmth. That's the only word I know for it. And I used that ever since then. Ever since then, I used that word to describe a good family. Warm. Because I just felt so much warmth. It was like a fire coming from that family. Like heat, life. Something that would warm you. Something you want to sit by. So Comfort. There was so much comfort coming from that warmth. Just something so special. It made my heart long for it. Something coming from family like that. Not, not something broken, not something dysfunctional, not something that was making me cry, not something that was wounding me, not something that was hurting me. So, so much warmth, it was filling. The next day, my mom called me. She said, there's someone you need to meet. Long story short, I met my wife fell in love, and three months later, we were married. Somebody said, three months? You better believe it. Have you seen my wife? <laughs> as soon as I saw she was interested in me, I'm like, let's get married. $1,200 later in my mom's backyard, we fed the crowd with Kenny the Catfish Man. The rest is history. Over 15 years ago, three kids. And you know what? It is the vision. It's warm. Not perfect, but filling. Better than any possession. Why? It was born of the Spirit. See, you got two choices at any time in marriage, before marriage, after marriage, in marriage. You got two choices at any time. You can do it the flesh or you can do it the spirit. You can, you can produce an Ishmael or you can produce an Isaac. You can live a life of, of searching for all these different things the same way as the world or you can pray it out. And I'm not talking about just sitting at home waiting for your phone to ring. I'm not against, I, in fact, I encourage people, go on a date. Like, men ask ladies out on a date. Like, you, you know, and, and don't, you don't have to do it through just, you know, farmers only. You, you, can, you can go out. 
and see somebody at church and say, let's get coffee. Like, don't be strange. We got a cafe just for that. Like, there's, I'm kidding. That's not just for that. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about just sitting at home and, and expecting God to drop something on your lap. I still had to date my wife. I still had to ask her out on a date, all those kinds of things. But I am talking about having it born of prayer. What if, what if I felt like I was supposed to tell this story? Like I said, none of this was in my notes. I felt like I was supposed to tell this story this week because I genuinely felt like that in this series and here today, maybe even watching online or over at HICO, that there are some people who are going through some major rejection right now. What if your world has been turned upside down? What if someone has told you they don't love you? What if they walked out? Is it over? Is life over? I'm telling you it's not. I'm telling you we have a Lord Jesus who specializes in redeeming things, buying things from pain and restoring them back to better than they ever were. That oftentimes, not oftentimes, every time in God, every time in God, death is always promotion. If something dies in God, it's never wasted. God never wastes anything. If something dies in God, it's always because something living's about to come out of it. And when Jesus died, he came out better than when he went in that tomb with a glorified body. And I'm telling you, if you've had something die in your life, God can raise it back. God can bring it back. God can make you have beauty for ashes and joy for mourning and a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. But you know how it comes? It comes by somebody somewhere yielding to the Spirit of God. Somebody somewhere making a decision. I need to open up my life more to God. I need to open up my mouth more to God. I need to open up my my time more to God. I need to fill up my life more with God because God can bring something in this home that only God can bring. Only God can bring the Isaac. I can give birth to an Ishmael anytime I want. Just get angry enough. Just get frustrated enough. Just get mad enough. I can give birth to Ishmael anytime I want. But if I will hit my knees and dream a God dream and pray this thing out and wait on God, the spirit of the living God can give birth to an Isaac right in the middle of my home. And I'm not just talking about a child. I'm talking about a home. I'm talking about a family, a family that is warm, a family that's together, a family that walks together, talks together, enjoys each other. You can be that person. Young man, you can be that man. I sat down and I talked with a businessman this week. We were sitting together, a bunch of pastors, with this businessman and his wife. And they're a generation ahead of us. And they sat down and just started talking and sharing their story. You need to get around people who are one to two generations ahead of you. How many of you know you shouldn't be wise in your own eyes? And it's always good to listen to people who have seen what you're seeing right now. How many of you know there's nothing new under the sun? And it may look different. And it may be a little bit flashier. But it's all the same. We need to listen. And so out of this, we sat down as couples, all with this other couple. And he made this statement. He said, now, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. 
He said, because for, for you all, y'all been holy your whole life and in church your whole life. But he said, for me, it wasn't that, always that way. He said, I was ugly. Not physically, spiritually. He got married at a young age. I think they were 17 when they got married up in North Carolina. And just through a series of events, he became prosperous incredibly quick. He had gotten involved working in construction, and the guy he was working for was very successful. And he told this young kid, he's like, hey, I've got too much work. You start your own company. I'll sign the contracts. I'll let you do the work, and I'll pay you the bulk of the profit. And he started doing that and got rich fast. Well, out of this, uh, he's had all this authority. He's had all this riches. He's had all this success, everything the world thinks they want. But the more he has this, the uglier he's get on the inside. He's changing. He stopped wrestling with God. He stopped doing all the things that he knew to do. And out of this, his marriage is deteriorating. He can see the pain on his wife's face, and he knows he's the reason he's causing it. The reason why she's in pain is because of him. And so it's making him like himself less because he sees what he's doing to her. And he's in this vicious cycle of shame, and this shame is making him hide, and this hiding is shutting her more and more out, keeping her more and more out. She's feeling more and more uh, not a part of his life, his decision-making, his finances, all these types of things. She's crying. He knows he's the reason why. broken, anything but warmth, the worst kind of tears, rejection. It's one thing if they die. It's a whole other thing if they're not choosing you. Alive but dead. And he knows I've got to make a change. So he made a decision to take him and his wife to church. It's the small church in North Carolina. He knew his mom was there. He said, I sat on the back row. I didn't want to be seen by anyone, but of course, in a small church, you're seen by everyone. That's why some of you came to this one this Sunday. You didn't want to see anybody. We see you. The Holy Spirit does. Thank God for it. But he sits down, and he knows on the inside, because he's a Christian, he knows on the inside that his mama does the prayer in that church. And on this Sunday, she's going to call him up to pray. <laughs> and he knows that. He said, I wanted to run out of that church so fast when that feeling, that unction came. He said, I just wanted to get out of there. But before I could, she called me down front. He went down front. She said, I want you to pray over the service. Been a long time since he prayed. He said he got up there and he said something fell from heaven. He said it felt like, like a warm honey just hit the top of his head, went all the way down to his feet. He said it was so much I couldn't stand it anymore. He just said, oh God, right in the middle of everybody and started praying in tongues just right then and right there. 
He said, I didn't know what was happening to me. He said, but I knew it was God. They're expecting me to pray over the service, and here I am shouting. And he said, but something changed in me. He said, I got in the, the, in the car at the end of the service. He said, I was trying to make it light because this is a businessman. He doesn't do things like this. You know, so he's trying to make light of it. And so he's like, can you believe that? He said his wife was mad at him. She said, now I know for sure you got a devil because there's no way you can treat me like that and be praying in tongues in church. Like, there ain't no way. I know you have a devil now. He said for weeks, nothing changed. He didn't change. His marriage didn't change. The way he talked didn't change. Nothing changed. He said one Sunday they went out to a, a mall. And he's sitting there overlooking a fountain. He said, I just started crying. His wife came and sat by him. He looked at her. He said, I can't do this anymore. She started crying because what she thought he meant was he couldn't be married to her anymore. He could see that. And he said, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. He said, I can't live this way anymore. I can't live in sin anymore. I can't live apart from you anymore. I can't live apart from Jesus anymore. And he went back to North Carolina. They went together. He had a Mercedes, he left it. He had a dresser filled with cash, he left it. She said, she interrupted him in the story and said, I wish you would have taken the cash. We could have used the cash. He said, no, 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 I couldn't take the cash. He said, I wouldn't have changed. He said, I left everything in that home. Gave it all away, sold it all, gave it all. Moved to Florida. Why? To seek the Lord. Decades later, here they are around a table of pastors telling them how to interact in marriage. So much laughter between this couple, so much warmth between this couple, so much life. The business that he gave up to God, for God, God gave it all back to him and them some. Debt-free, blessed by God, children serving the Lord who've got grandkids who are serving the Lord too. Oh, all because one person said, I can't do it anymore. I can't do the flesh anymore. I can't do this sin anymore. I can't be this man anymore. And even though I don't know how to be a man, even though I don't know how to be a husband or a father, I've never seen one before, I do know I've got a father in heaven who loves me and a father in heaven who won't forsake me and a father in heaven who will help me and a father in heaven who will deem me. And guess what? God did. God did. Because he yielded to God. And I know there are people in this, this room and people at Highland Colony and people watching online. Like, you need a beautiful start. You need this chaos to turn into something beautiful. I'm telling you what you need is to yield your life to God. Then others of you, you had something beautiful. But over the last couple of months, maybe even years, it's gotten a little dead, gotten a little dry, gotten a little hurt, gotten a little hard, gotten a little distant. And I'm telling you, what was born of the Spirit must be sustained by the Spirit of God. And you got to bring life back into that family by bringing prayer back into that family, Bible back into that family, worship back into the family. But I'm telling you, if the Spirit of God gets on a family like he did at Adam and Eve's start, where Adam, Adam and Eve take responsibility for getting God in their garden 
and protecting that garden with every ounce of energy that they have, God can give you something beautiful. God can give you something wonderful. There's no heart that God cannot heal, no wrong that God cannot make right. There is nothing our God cannot do if you just invite him in. And so today, all over in this, this auditorium, bow your head, close your eyes. Over at Highland Colony, bow your head, close your eyes. At Highland Colony, I'm going to ask Pastor Ryan to come up and close out the service, take up the altar call here at Lakeland and online, though. Maybe you're here today and you're just saying, I can't do this anymore. And you don't mean marriage. You don't mean parenting. You mean living life the way you're living it. Closed off, filled with shame, filled with hurt, filled with wounds. And today you want to surrender to the Holy Spirit of God. Today you want to open up your heart and open up your life and just let Jesus heal you. Let the Holy Spirit strengthen you. Right now, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that's you, if that's you, all over this room, right there online, if that's you, I want you to do something. Lift up your hand all over this place. Hands going up all over the room, all over the room, all over the room in the balcony, in the front, in the back, hands going up everywhere, everywhere. Now, everybody here with hands raised, let's just say this to the Lord. You can just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to live without you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to put you first. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, the Lord of my family, the Lord of my body. Every mistake I've made in every relationship, it is under the blood of Jesus. And if you have forgiven me, I forgive myself. I am done playing the victim. I am done living life with no hope or no joy. Heavenly Father, I trust you to right every wrong, to fix everything that needs to be fixed. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you as Lord of all. And I boldly declare the best days for me and my family, start right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate everybody who made a decision today.